Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. the beat one time see your resume like this this shit be hard to find i do have a tendency to do what's great and leave a legacy that's hard to duplicate see lyrically i'm undefeated but respect the logo stupid if you think that you can test me that's a no-no effective with the hits especially when i went solo and aggressive with the spin i think you niggas know the caper nah nah let's take the shit back to the real side the shit that you can really feel right See, I do this for the people, all my ladies and gents. Had them breaking down a barricade and jumping the fence. Leader of the newest shit, now let them see who the best. Harder to find it, so let it manifest in the flesh. Anytime I touch a microphone, you know I'm a blessed. Niggas with the shit that you feel in your gut and your chest. Now I'm bouncing out the building, leave the shit in the mess. I'm finished fucking up the spots, and now it's back to the rest. Rest, rest, rest. See how we kill them with the slow flow. And we got the game in a chokehold. I'm where I'm going, you won't go. I'm leaving the game, they begging that nigga, don't go. See how we hit them niggas this time. Try to explain to you, bust, the shit is circumstantial. I am your friend, as sure as you have plaques upon your mantle. So never doubt your man, come on with the extended hand. The only thing I ask of you is just to understand. We are the ones, your fam. So keep it cool, king, and worry not. I'm with you, nigga, let's get chicken rocks. We split the chicken in the kitchen like the Cocoa Rocks. I figured that I, my fellow Jedi, have a moment of clarity. With courtesy, I speak candidly. I am your brother, my brother, so don't move angrily. Let the music grab you, why don't you take it back to the times of us, the rhymes used to engage in battle. Niggas used to shake like dice, catch an L and pick a fight. The cypher used to get destroyed, the opponent was rendered void. The cheering section was employed, so girls and boys say he's nice. I know my nigga, I'm just stomping around in memory hall. Let's channel all that good energy into now, that's all. The rolling hands are moving rapidly around the stones. Da, 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 da. Go check out that latest Buster Rhymes. I can't say it's new anymore because I think it's about two or three months old. But go check out Extinction Level Event Part 2 featuring Chris Rock. Speaking of Chris's, greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Pod is War. Pod is War is brought to you by the good folks at Chairshot Radio Network in conjunction with... 
TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. And use your heads. We implore of you. We beg of you. We ask of you. It is a new year, new you. You're going to get it right this time around. And for starters, the first thing you can do is by going to support your favorite website for news, reviews, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. So make sure you all go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up an official chair shot t-shirt because we've got something you're going to like. I'd guarantee it. If you hate Meltzer, we got hashtag journalism. If you love the revival, we got Save Tag Team Wrestling. If you like us, Platinum Blast, we got Platinum Blast 2020. You better get them fast before we send them off to Africa. Y'all know how this works. <laughs> we also have Jesus Did the Job, if you're the religious type, and many, many other cool designs. You like beer? You like Corona? At least you used to. We got a Corona chair shot logo for you. We literally have something that I guarantee you're going to like. All you have to do is go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up an official chair shot t-shirt. Please and thank you, thank you, and please. I'm Mr. Velvet Pipes, Christopher Platt. As always, I'm joined by Andrew Belaz and the commissioner extraordinaire, PC Tunney. Yes, he's here. Oh, it's so nice that Tunney is here. And I'm getting hobo drunk. So I am a very happy boy. Yes, I, I am here. I am your, you know, endless entertainment experience. The eternal entity all up in your earballs. How long did it take you to write that one? He doesn't want to say. Did you say I, hobo drunk, BT Dunn? I just, I, I, just, did, I did say hobo drunk, yes. I just continue <laughs> to come up with new ways to continue to get better and better. That's all, you know. Ever evolving over here. You're you're just illuminating with alliteration. It's it's amazing. Yes, I got you. Um, but yes, hobo drunk. So, uh, friends of mine from the I'm gonna just say the New England area, and I, I maybe we're just friends because I stole their quarterback. So uh, now they just want to become friendly because they want to become bandwagon fans of the Buccaneers. But they're nurses, and they told me that most of the 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 uh, the hobos or the the le- lesser uh, income in- inclined people that happen to be there that are also alcoholic and have their own issues alcoholic. are um, are big fans of a certain alcohol which I wasn't really really aware of like a certain brand and then I found out that my local liquor store carried it and it is called a natty daddy and it is twenty ounces and eight percent alcohol. And it's only like three bucks, so I can understand why people with not a lot of scratch will grab a few of these and just get plastered for the night because it's pretty fucking good. I mean, this is the lemonade version, and it's 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 a good taste. It's a good time. Bro, I'm not even gonna lie to you, man. This sounds like a cry for help. No, it's, it's, like, it's we... an experience. It's for science. I do, do... needed to know what this was I'd about. I chug salt water all the time. But that's not 8% alcohol, so I didn't want it right now. That's how this works. If do, I could we need a... Soda's rule. Yeah, they do. <laughs> do we need to set up a GoFundMe or something? Like, what, what, what's, what's happening, man? Do we need to talk? We're here for you, man. We're your brothers. We're here for you. You need a virtual hug? What's, what's going no, on, man? No, it, 
we are we are leaving the virtual hug back in like 2019 or whenever we stopped fucking doing that. But no, this this is just science because I didn't know about it, and apparently it's all the rage up in you know the the New England streets, and I just needed to know what it was like. I wanted to know if it was well, like we don't believe you. You need more people. Don't, I don't need more people. I need more natty daddies. That's what I need. Because these are fucking delicious. And like I said, 8% alcohol is a good buzz. What can I say? Well, if nothing else, it's made me question my own self. So uh, I think I'm going to switch to water for the rest of tonight's festivities. <laughs> You're going to be sober? Okay, babe. Oh, 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 thank God. Okay. Phew. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I, I wasn't sure what we were going to do if you were completely sober. That's going to be a weird fucking time. <laughs> I, I'm also not out here, you know, drinking battery acid either in a can, so there's that. It's lemonade-flavored battery acid, sir. It goes down smooth. It's like Mary Poppins and that spoonful of sugar, but it's a natty daddy. Natty well, you, can put, you can put <laughs> sugar on shit, but you're still eating shit. You're still a shit eater. It tastes better, though. I mean, sugar and shit both. You're melt not. You're helping. not really winning either way there. And How you're not you... helping your cause. You're not winning either way either. You're not helping your cause at all, man. Like, what, what's happening? What's going on, man? What's happening? What's Nothing. It's reruns and rerun. That's what's happening. What's going on, man? Somebody buy this man some vegetables. Please go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up an official chair shot t shirt because apparently we have got to send my beloved co host to rehab. So, <laughs> no, no, I, Jesus I mean, Christ. I might be like the Scott Hall of this group right now, but like, I don't need rehab right now. I haven't been on Quaaludes in a while. It's all right. They stopped making Quaaludes in like '87. What are you what talking you about, sir? You were born to like '88. What are you talking what do you about? Think it's been hard for me to find them. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Tony, let's get on with this show while uh, Andrew is still capacitated. Gentlemen, it seems the WWE champion has come down with a bit of the COVID. If you haven't noticed, thoughts, opinions, reactions, comments, concerns, what do we do moving forward? Could we end up missing that also anticipated matchup between Drew McIntyre and Goldberg? <sighs> that that's what happens when you walk around with a goddamn skirt slash kilt on everywhere, man. You catch cold. Okay, so <laughs> McIntyre caught COVID through <laughs> his through his butthole. It crept up under it crept under his kilt and went into his butthole. Ah, uh, he butt chucks COVID. Shit, <laughs> he's got me beat. I butt chug salt water all the time. Wow. All, I mean, all my reaction comes those. from Tunney's mashup, though. That was great with the that, McIntyre and the Sweet Leaf. That was fantastic. That that was hilarious. But all, all jokes aside, just really quickly, I know that he's saying that he's asymptomatic. Drew, first and foremost, man, fuck all the bullshit. Just get better, man. Get get healthy. Get better. Take your time. Don't rush. 
prayerfully you continue to be asymptomatic and you don't have to deal with that and we can't wait to see you back but seriously he's been doing god's work this whole year um that being said again he is asymptomatic we still got what two weeks maybe two and a half weeks until royal rumble so it's not inconceivable that he could be back for the rumble and they can do that match because i don't think that match is you know, this isn't going to be Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, WrestleMania 12, Iron Man match. It was never going to be that. This is going to be three to five minutes of wham, bam, thank you, Goldberg. And then we keep it moving like an escalator. So I don't think it's time to hit the panic button as of yet. Sorry, that was the third time you said Goldberg. I was waiting for it. No, no worries, because the entrances are probably gonna last longer than the match. Oh, okay. But it's like, it's like, is that what you're gonna do? So the third time you say Goldberg, you have to play the music because it's like Beetlejuice, yes? Or that's, Candyman. That's two. No, Candyman kills you. So does Beetlejuice. But For... Goldberg doesn't anymore. It's not 1990. Just for this segment, so careful. Watch yourselves. The, t- the clock is ticking for the rest of the segment. Ah, you said the word of the day! Yeah! <laughs> la 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 Connect the dots. I hope somebody gets those references. I, we're really dating ourselves here. Well, who am I kidding, man? Out of the three people that watch this or listen, at least two of them will get it, so that's fair. But, um, yeah, that that's all I got to say about that, man. Andrew, what do you think about these uh, recent developments? And do you think that there's other people that have possibly been affected? I, I feel like it's kind of impossible for that not to have happened, right? Especially considering the show they put on uh, Monday and they had to drag Triple H out of mothballs. <laughs> yes. I mean, so other people were probably... I guess exposed to a degree but who knows who has the vaccine who knows who wasn't in proximity and if asymptomatic can spread it because I'm still not a thousand percent sure anybody knows if asymptomatic can spread it it's just more of a a quarantine thing like I'm not not saying they can't I'm not downplaying anything I'm just for as much as we've been going through this for the last year or so there's still still don't know shit about it that's my point I'm getting at so I'm just like asymptomatic just means he's not showing signs so maybe he's also not contagious who the fuck knows um you're right. The fact that Rumble is on the 31st, and we heard about this on Monday, uh, that's more than 14 days. So there's a good chance that, you know, McIntyre could still wrestle that match, or maybe they could make it cinematic or something and just have it be Goldberg doesn't care and goes after him or something like that. So they do something that way. That way it's closed confines and it's not a match match and it gets a little more than five minutes out of Goldberg because it's going to be retakes and reshoots. Who knows? I mean, it made Undertaker's last match look fantastic when we know he's a little little well beyond his prime to put it nicely. So who knows? They, they could definitely work their way through it. Plus Triple H and Randy Horton, no one's going to argue against that match because that was set up interestingly, especially with the Alexa Bliss fireball and the fiend still kind of being around so there, there's enough bullshit that they can pull at to kind of extend it or to make something or, or to pivot from it I suppose but I don't know 
if if we get it, we get it. If we don't, does anybody really care? So let's just before we move on to topic two, let's have a little bit of fun here. Let's uh, speculate. Let's just say, and creator, don't give these words any power. But let's just say, for the sake of argument and conversation, because we're conversing, that's what you do on podcasts. You converse. Let's say that Drew isn't going to be ready in time for the Rumble. If you're WWE, and, and Tony, you can chime in on this as well. What do you do? How do you pivot? Well, what do you do with Goldberg? It doesn't count when you say it, Melon Farmer. Oh, okay. Got it. That's fair. Understood. Very much understood. Anyway, though, to, and to, to start the actual question off, let's just go with this. He faced Keith Lee for the championship on the 4th, correct? So... They have a 30-day clause, so technically that would make you think that he can't get stripped until February because that that's how that clause should work. So it really, it's irrelevant if he can't go by Rumble because as per kayfabe, you know, he should Word. still be fine. Word. I mean, I'm going to just play in this kayfabe space where they can do whatever the fuck they want to do because it's their show and they're WWE and it's Vince McMahon. It doesn't matter. So, but, yeah, I agree with Andrew 100%. They're not going to if he can't go at Rumble, then he'll go at the next one and he he's not they're not stripping him of the title. I, no, I'm I'm not disagreeing with either one of y'all. I'm just saying he he Andrew's playing back on the kayfabe. You've got 30 days to defend your title, as if Brock Lesnar didn't spend his summers as Universal Champion in the Hamptons or wherever the fuck Brock Lesnar goes to vacation. It just Brock Lesnar said 30 business days, but he also <laughs> had 20 days that he could take whenever he wanted because they were fucking. I got six weeks, bro. I got six that, weeks. That's how that contract that's Six weeks, it's, bro. It's a good contract. I read it. It's that's fucking great. Business. That's great. <laughs> so that was his PTO time, huh? Correct. Yes, now you understand. <laughs> he had a that crude. That was funny. That was great. He had a crude said PTO. <laughs> That's yes, funny. Because he had all those that time in that they floated over. He had rollover holidays and all this. It's, it's, it's a lot to go through. HR, it was hell. What can I say? <laughs> Drew, bottom line, get better, buddy. We miss you. You've been f- fantastic this past year. Not but, an alcoholic. What the fuck? I told you about the net. Oh, you meant McIntyre. Okay, sorry. You, you keep, you keep doing that. You do, you do, do. I'm gonna mute myself. Yeah, we should probably move on to topic two, but we can still squeak a show out. Oh, we can go to topic two. You just gotta do something for me first. Who me? Well, Andrew already muted himself. <laughs> Because I'm oh, laughing. Fine, I fine. thought that was funny. That's just, I was like, oh. I'll play. I'll play. I understand. I understand. We want Drew to get back because nobody, and I mean nobody, wants the new WWE champion to be Goldberg.
gentlemen, 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 we do have a touch of the Attitude Era hitting us here as probably one of the most major free agents since AEW's comeback is is up. Whether it it's actual, whether it's actually going to happen, like whether it's actually something that's in the works of being thought about, is to be questioned. Certainly, that might be the first very most question is. Is Jay Wright really thinking about leaving New Japan? And if so, what kind of career is he going to have in WWE? Is he going to be able to do what he needs to be able to do and things of that nature? Because honestly, right now, as I sit here, however many days we are into the speculation of Jay White leaving New Japan, I sit here and wonder if I would even enjoy Jay White in WWE, Andrew. Why? Why do you question it? I would enjoy him, like, wrestling-wise, but would he be able to... Would they give him the right storylines for him to thrive in WWE? I mean, would they put him right into NXT? Is he going to have to bear that burden for a while? Because the shelves are kind of empty down there as far as... I don't know. Maybe not as so much as with Gargano and and other people still down there, but at the same time, I don't know. I'd rather see him main roster right away. What kind of storyline does he get put into? People have been known to have to earn, earn it for a while in WWE. Granted, AJ Styles, but do you think he gets that kind of treatment? I think he would, and it's because of who have I compared him to over the last couple of years? You know, it, it, we've we've all been on this show. I've compared him to Triple H how many times? But what? I don't think he has. He's, the he's not a work rate guy. He doesn't have he's the same. He's not a work rate guy. He's not a high flyer. He's not a flashy dude. He doesn't have the His same. His gimmick works so perfectly to transition directly to main roster and not have to go through NXT, especially because of the fact that he's established from a global perspective and the fact that you even said it yourself. This is one of the biggest free agent quote unquote splashes since AEW. You would immediately want to make him front and center, especially on something like Raw that's floundering a little bit. And he would do wonders because, like I said, he's not a work rate guy. He's a character guy. He he has a Triple H mindset in the fact that he is meticulous and cerebral and he understands his character. It took him a little bit, but now he understands his character. And his moveset is very... Lots of people compared him to like a Bret Hart where he's got like five or six really good moves that he can pull out of nowhere that look fucking good and they can transition through the match to actually make him look fantastic and make the match actually flow correctly he wrestles a WWE style in New Japan already so there is nothing they would have to do aside from teach him where the hard cam is and the rest he's fine so if your question is where would he start main roster is where he should start and the okay. first person he should go after would be Styles, if this was the thing. I still don't think it's really a free agency thing, and I think it's more of a kayfabe thing. But if, if we're if we're playing in the pool that it's possible, he's gonna go to Raw like as soon as they can. So first and foremost, Shinsuke Nakamura, Rick O'Shea, yeah. sure. Prince Devitt, aka mm-hmm. Finn Bauer. These yeah. are all individuals that had worldwide notoriety, but they and still came in. You just mentioned three guys that can't talk. I also mentioned three guys that had worldwide no- notoriety, and they all started 
down in NXT. I don't think Jay White would be any different. Now, I, I think I, I agree with you. I think this is all kayfabe, and he's going to end up being back in New Japan. Because, number one, New Japan has been very, very good to him. And they were able to get something out of him mm-hmm. that I didn't even think he had in him. You know what I mean? I, I agree. We were on the same page at first because we saw his ROH run where he was white meat baby fade bullshit fucking Jay White against Punishment Martinez doing the New Zealand underdog un- undefeated for like nine months bullshit. And he was boring and basic. So More like more like white bread baby face. <laughs> Jesus, I've seen corpses <laughs> with more color. But... <laughs> I don't want to see him go to WWE. Now, I know WWE is probably going to be able to offer him the most money out of anybody else just because that's the evil empire. And I say that with quotation marks, but I don't think WWE would know what to do with him. And we've seen this happen before, you know, with uh, some of the guys, the aforementioned guys that I've mentioned. We've seen this type of thing happen before. I don't think he really fits WWE. There's nothing about him that makes me think he's going to come into WWE. You know what they, they would do? If he went to WWE, his name is Jay White. They'd have him in a hot dog suit or some goofy shit like that. Uh, they they team him up with Aleister Black. They'd be the uh, the wrestling Who? Dalmatians Who? or some dumb shit like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> what's a, what's what's an Aleister Black? Yeah, that's true. We haven't seen him in how long? Like, I don't even know he exists and, anymore. And, and, and if that happened, if Jay White signed with WWE tomorrow, in two years from now, we'd be doing Potter's War, preferably on a bigger platform and, and making some money doing that shit. By the way, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. And we'd be saying the same thing. What's a Jay White? Yeah. I don't think they would know what to do with him. Because, I, I mean, think about how long, it, and you're, you're a New Japan stan. I'm a novice fan. But think about how long it took us to get behind Jay White. So you think Vince McMahon's going to take a look at that pasty melon farmer and say, let's shoot the rocket to his ass? Yes, because of the fact that it took him it took him about six months to work on this Switchblade character. Because when he first came out against Tanahashi, he was still babyface, no, no beard, no nothing. He looked out of his depth. And, you know, we both agreed. He looked a little jokey, and Tanahashi beat his ass. Then Omega tried to bring him into Bullet Club, and then that was his first step towards the right thing where he turned on Omega. Then he joined Chaos, and then he turned on Okada. And it was a slow progression, but he figured himself out. And it was very much the Triple H kind of mentality, the old Randy Orton mentality of just working your way up, being very methodical, very meticulous. And he talks and that that's the one argument i'll make to everybody you used and as a, you used as an example cuz aj styles aj styles has never been able to talk he was never known as a talker he was known as a in-ring guy he was a high fly he was get ready to fly like it was aj styles watch his matches it was never listen to this promo and shinsuke nakamura Unless you speak Japanese, it's not going to resonate the right way. And it took them a while for him to kind of dial into that no-speak-English kind of gimmick, which was, it was fire, don't get me wrong. But it took him a while to figure out how to make him charismatic and funny in English. Ricochet never could talk. I mean, you know, we, we know this before, we knew this after. That's why Prince Puma wore a mask and didn't really say much. And, you know, Aleister Black the fuck come on like does he just like recite Edgar Allan Poe fucking poems and like he really doesn't say much beyond that he doesn't talk Kenta didn't talk anybody from international exposure Finn Balor's not a great talker either like he he could easily get out talked by Dolph Ziggler 
Like, everybody that we know from an international perspective doesn't do what Jay White does. Jay White is an anomaly from New Japan. He's not a work rate guy. He's not a high flyer. He's not a junior. He is a character that built himself up, went from young lion, went from jokey, you know, white meat, white bread, pasty ass motherfucker, to now he looks like a legitimate badass and he's, you know, meticulous and breathes with a switchblade and he proved that he had a plan and he was like this orchestrator, this puppet master and it was all starting to fall into place and then when, you know, his house of cards finally fell apart, his whole, like, it just shattered his world and he doesn't know how to pick himself back up. And it's it's gorgeous storytelling, it's gorgeous character work and he's never been a work rate guy which everybody else has been so theoretically speaking because again we both think that this is kayfabe and he's gonna stay in new japan excuse me but how old is jay what is he about 27 28 i think he's 25 26 but oh he's that young yeah he's no very old i think he's a little younger than osprey like just a touch okay Uh, i'll double check when you talk that changes everything if that's the case if he's mid-20s Yo, no, man, no, he's got... 28. Oh, he's okay, a little, yeah. uh, okay, so I was right. Yeah, so I was right, about 28. Okay, so we're cutting it kind of close because I understand, man, everybody that gets into the wrestling industry, your dream is to headline WrestleMania. If your dream is not to main event WrestleMania, you're in the wrong industry. I think we can all agree about that. That's, you know, that's the big money. That's the big notoriety, yada, 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 all of that stuff. Okay, you're 28. You could gamble the dice here, theoretically. Granted, AJ didn't come into to the E till he was about, what, 36, 37, something like that. He still went on to have a great career. Honestly, Jay, I don't know how much of the news you pay attention to, but um, America, we ain't going through some things right now, man. So you might want to just lay back for a little bit. You got a good thing going to Japan. They obviously see money in you, and they, they've been doing right by you, uh, you know, so... Stick it out for a little bit, at least a, another year, maybe a re-up for a year or two with a with a six-month out clause or something like that until we get our shit together. I think there's and more then, shit. I think there's more shit going down over there right now than there is here. They just all did all some lockdowns, rearranged some shows out east, didn't they? That's there, true, man. But there's between there, lockdown and what we're going through out here. Exactly. You ain't get a bunch of uh, uh, weird ass redneck crackers trying to overthrow the Japanese government in the past couple of let couple me, of weeks, man. Let me ask Plus, you guys their a question though. Of an outbreak is like what we have daily per state. Okay, so let me ask you guys a question though. So he's twenty eight. So in WWE terms, if you make sure you don't use up his bumps too quick, you could probably get good eight years out of him, right? Eight to ten, sure. What That's kind of true. contract are you offering him to make him come over? If you if you're WWE and you really want him, like I'm thinking, shit, I'll give you eight eight year. Uh, you sign an eight year contract right now, and you can make twenty five million dollars if if everything goes right. Oh, I'm not going that far. I'm thinking like five years, uh, half a million a year. What's that? Two point five. Oh, there's no way he's coming over for that. A little more. There's no way he's coming He'd over for that. More. It would have to, it, I agree with your five. I think five is the right number because five is also the number we heard that, that WWE is trying to float out there just to keep people away from AEW. Exactly. And, but I mean, so five years he's making over it? Five years he's got to be getting... He's got to be... To a quarter of a million, I would think. He's got to be getting at least... He's got to get it. A, uh, I'm, I'm doubling his salary. 
to five move years, ten million. And to change everything and start again. Five years, ten million. That's no. I. I'm, I that was actually right where I was at with it. You have to five order my With all due respect to Jay White, he's not getting two million dollars a year. That's why he ain't leaving. WWE. That's why he ain't leaving New Japan. Yeah, he's not getting that. I don't think anybody's getting that right now. I don't I, think well, yeah. Oh, sure there are. There's, no, there's... Just, no, no. What I'm, what I'm saying is I don't think there are any free agents in the wrestling market. That oh, would, oh, that's I, a, not from Vince. That's what no, I agree. I agree. I'm just saying what no, it would take. Yeah. I'm saying what it would take. Yeah, you're 28. You still got a couple of years. The world is still in flux right now. You got a good thing going in New Japan. Ride it out for two or three more years, man. Bet on yourself. Ride it out for a little bit. Let's see how everything's going to shake out here in the world. Not just the wrestling world, but just the world in general. Plus, like I said, you know, after uh, Wrestle Kingdom, I still think this is Jay White pulling the the devil's greatest trick kind of concept. Because well, like I told you, after Wrestle Kingdom, the fans clapped a little bit for him when he got in during the, the tag match. And they're aware that he's distraught and that so, he's not right. So isn't isn't the biggest thing though with Jay White as far as WWE is concerned that in my you know WWE is the biggest wrestling company in the world. New Japan is probably the second biggest wrestling company in the world, right? Agreed. Okay, yeah. but at the same time, they don't really have a gigantic f- effect on each other's like bottom lines, right? So Jay White really is very unlikely to go to AEW or anywhere else in the states except for WWE. Therefore, WWE is not going to give him that kind of money because if he stays in New Japan, it doesn't really hurt WWE. It doesn't hurt him, but with the if if you're willing to admit uh, accept some of the stories and narratives that are being thrown around from dirt sheets and you know the fact that everybody's kind of on uh, you know figure it out emergency meeting kind of you know we have to write the ship so to speak for and, WWE you know, throw all this shit at the... correct yes no, if, if there, you're I don't willing to, th- to accept some of the dirt sheets I'm just no, playing the play space for a second we're, 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 if you're willing we're to... pontificating yeah, Tony, we're, that's all the fuck, man? so if you're willing to accept I, I can't that, pontificate that then Jay then Jay would be a good puzzle piece to add to WWE to take pieces from AEW or to take viewers from AEW and to bring over some of the hardcore fans. So if if you're willing to play in that space, which is why I prefaced it with all of that, then Jay is not so much because he threatens WWE's bottom line. It's because WWE sees him as a caveat towards better ratings and possibly getting a little more edge over the competition so here's the problem gentlemen i can't really buy into that because my thinking is the only reason wwe would want jay white to come in would be to go to nxt and and the main roster is what he's going to want so it's not really going to happen is it no i completely 1000 percent agree with what you just said if he was going to come in to any roster in any brand in the e it would be nxt and Frankly, I feel like that would be a step down for him at this particular point in time. You go from the top of the second biggest promotion in the world to the AAA of the biggest promotion in the world. I see your point. I still think he would make it onto Raw. I think he'd get the NXT pass, the free pass, whatever you want to call it. And 
it's just he's a different kind of cat. Like you could make the argument that Nakamura was a champion and all this other stuff, but Nakamura is only new Japanese wrestling. He didn't know American wrestling. He didn't understand it that way. He couldn't even speak the language that well, really. So this is a lot easier. It's an easier transition for Jay. He's character-based. He's not ringwork-based. So I would say Raw. But again, I think we're still kind of all on the same page that it's kayfabe anyway. So this has been a fun merry-go-round of never going to happen. But it was fun to talk about. No, it was, and Jay, I don't remember, I might be reiterating here because I drink a lot, but just to reiterate, if, if I haven't said it before, Jay, you got a really good thing going in New Japan right now. They're showing you a lot of love. They're strapped the rocket to you. We already said they've got something out of you that we didn't think that you had in you. Plus, America is going through some things right now. So it, it might behoove you, you're still young enough, you're about 28 years old, it might behoove you to just stick it out for another year or two, let the world work itself out, and then maybe in the next year or two, you survey the landscape and see what works best for you at that point in time. That's good advice. I like that. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. All right, gentlemen, let's stay in the Eastern Hemisphere and talk a little bit about Kota Ibushi calling once again to unify the Intercontinental Championship with the IWGP Championship and another change in the belt, Andrew. Yeah, yeah, that that. that a good illusion because that is probably the main thing that I can see why he's calling for this and pushing so hard for it is because to, to go through the history this is the fourth iteration of the IWGP Heavyweight Championship the first one you know it, it technically the first one was a, a tournament belt then it became the official heavyweight belt in New Japan then they changed it to the official second generation during Shinya Hashimoto's big 496 day reign in like 96 97 
then when Brock Lesnar won the belt in 05 and they started branching off because they got rid of Anoki and he went to go make the Anoki Genome Federation and then Brock dropped it to uh, Angle, New Japan did not officially recognize it as the heavyweight title because it was IGF's title. So it was known as the third generation title. And it wasn't until 2007 when they decided to unify it to make the the fourth generation belt. And then that's what we have now. And that brings us to, it's been 14 years, so we probably just need a new title. And this is an excuse. And ugh, I don't like it. New Japan's got a bunch of titles. They could easily elevate the Never or if they ever get the US back, if they ever take it off fucking John Moxley because he's never around, you know, they could elevate that. And it plays into Ibushi's whole story of who he sees as gods because he reveres Shinsuke Nakamura as a god and Hiroshi Tanahashi as a god. And Tanahashi's got the most reigns with the IWGP heavyweight title and Nakamura is synonymous with the Intercontinental. Like he elevated that to being the one B instead of just the the mid card title. So it it makes sense. I don't agree with him that the prestige would go up, but if it's something they want to do, there's worse ideas, right, Chris? Well, so correct me if I'm wrong here, and I, I know that you will, because I was under the impression that the IC title came into existence when MVP decided to go over and decide he wanted to go wrestle in New Japan and you know if, again correct me if I'm wrong but I believe he was the inaugural IC champion and that was the only reason that that belt even existed you're correct that he won the inaugural tournament for the belt but at that point it was just it was seen as the mid card title it was seen as the secondary one because there was no US title there was no never there was no sec you know never never six man it was really just the junior stuff the tags and then iwgp so the intercontinental was their first foray into a mid-card belt and you know funny what a decade changes you know what i mean but so mvp you are correct that he was the first but nakamura elevated it and everything he did with that title the way he traveled around to different countries the way he fought with it the way he defended it and the fact that he main evented wrestle kingdom 8 against tanahashi with it that brings it up in people's eyes and that it was like nakamura it is like nakamura's baby but mvp was still the first one all right fair enough fair enough um i feel like i say this every few weeks on this show but I, I wish that titles titles don't mean shit in professional wrestling anymore, and I wish they did. And just from a booking aspect, and obviously I've never booked, I'm not a booker, but it just seems to me that if there was a way to make the title seem more prestigious, it would benefit every company. Because number one, you wouldn't have to have everybody on every single show, and theoretically, you should be able to headline any pay-per-view with any title and I don't know how to get back to that point Yeah, I, I don't even know if we could get back to that point where every title has a, a certain level of prestige I perhaps we've taken the, the cotton out the aspirin bottle and there's no way to put it back in at this particular point in time yeah you're, you're probably right about that because with the way that people consume wrestling nowadays everything is everywhere you have to 
you know, WWE, AEW, it's constant weekly episodic television. It's, what, four or five hours a week, at least for AEW, and even more for WWE. I think that's part of the allure to Japanese wrestling, is that because it's not a weekly episodic television show, and it's not storyline-driven in that same soap opera respect, there's still a lot of perceived prestige on all of these belts because you only see it during a big event. You only see it when they're making it a big thing or when it's on a a pretty good wrestler or somebody you like or somebody they're pushing or something like that. So there is it though. I I, I feel like the product is getting more and more westernized. And the thing is, that's what I liked about New Japan was that it wasn't westernized. And now I feel like Ghetto is taking it towards a more western turn and they, okay. the, you know, on on the West, we blew through all our great storylines twenty years ago, and now everybody's kind of grasping for straws. Now they're going around, running around, setting melon farmers on fire and shit. That's where we at. <laughs> <laughs> the, the irony in that is the fact that once New Japan kind of hit their boom in like 2015, 2016, what somewhere around there, whatever that was, was the argument and the criticism was that it was very Western because Ghetto has been in interviews on record, whatever you want to say talking about his enjoyment of 60s, 70s, 80s territory booking and stuff like that. And you see it. You, you don't see the Japanese pageantry in a sense because you, you don't see the the girls bringing out flowers to the competitors. You don't see the pre-match, you know, reading of the International Wrestling Grand Prix like council authority figure that's there to sanction the match because they used to go through that old old school NWA stuff because that's where Japanese wrestling comes from so like very very old school with the funks and stuff like that so they had somebody come out that was supposed to be representative sanctioning the match and they'd go through this big pomp and circumstance and everybody would get flowers or like a kiss or something like that and there'd be a picture and then we'd go into the thing when was the last time they really did that in New Japan Yo, you brought up flowers and you brought up uh, pomp and circumstance and pageantry. So I'm throwing this out there in the universe, hoping somebody praying, because hopes of suckers, praying somebody latches onto this idea and keeps it moving and, and, and takes off with it. The first re- wrestler that comes out on the come into America side of the game, where you have the flower girls and they're <sighs> dropping the rose petals in front of you and you walk to the ring on the rose petals, maybe even mm-hmm. with the African drums behind you. The first wrestler that does that, they're going to be my favorite wrestler in the world. Period. Period, as they say. Make it happen, universe. Make it happen. Can you imagine? How cool is that? Come on, okay. and you got the rose petal girls throwing the roses at your feet. You're walking on roses to the ring. Wrong black guy, Tony, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> wrong black guy, wrong movie, but thanks for playing, sir. What were you going to say? What company do you think would be able to pull that off without it just looking racist? <laughs> uh, yeah, see, there we go. Come on, work with me here. <laughs> uh, what's uh, what's what's that uh, what's that territory that Master P bought up in New York? Holy fuck, we're not doing that. <laughs> no, you asked, man. Oh, was I that House of Glory? There. Is House of Glory the one that he bought? Yes, I think that's what that was. It. Yes, I don't uh, like. It took. I haven't seen that in so long. But well, I think yeah. I think it was House of Glory. 
been a whole okay. goddamn pandemic out in these streets. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but I haven't heard shit about it because that was where Amazing Red wrestled before he retired yeah, like yeah. twice and then came back for the Super J Cup last year and then he retired again. I don't even know where. I don't even know what his status is technically. But yeah, I think that was House of Glory. Wow. I thought right, it was. That hurt my head just remembering that. I thought it was Hootie Hoo CW. <laughs> that was funny. Wow. Wow. That was you, you have redeemed yourself, sir. <laughs> you, you have been redeemed. <laughs> but, yeah, okay, get rid of the IC belt. It, it, maybe it's time for a new iteration of the uh, heavyweight belt. Okay, cool, whatever. Wrestling companies, let's try to find a way to make your titles more prestigious because I promise you it's going to make your jobs a lot easier if we can get back there. Maybe you guys are right. Maybe we can't. I just feel like it would make the whole thing a little easier. I mean, look at it, man. We we got a fight coming up. What next week in the UFC? Conor McGregor. He's a uh, whatever weight he is. That Mellon Farmer can't weigh more than a buck fifty or whatever the case may be. I don't even think it's for a title. Although they're trying to make it for a title because I think um, what's Masvidal? No, not Masvidal. The Mellon Farmer that beat Conor's ass last time they fought, and then his guys jumped in the ring and tried to jump Conor. What's his name? The Russian brother. What is his name? Nobody knows what I'm talking about. Oh, I know exactly who you're talking about, but I was you're just, just going to sit here and let me flounder, huh? Yes, Fuck you, Zach. It's more fun just to, you know, have you just come up with some weird shit. It's not, so it's not Masvidal, right? No, I'm don't, okay. I don't think it okay. is. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's fucking Khabib. Yes, correct. Bob, get Nerf. I had Kabib. all of the f- in you now. Please say his last name, too. Do you want me? I, I'm, I so, was... Kabib. So that was Khabib how I was gonna. Khabib? That's how I was gonna prove that I knew because I was just gonna say his last name. But go ahead, Chris, if you want to go ahead. Yeah. So Bob is is getting ready. He's saying that he's gonna retire. He's done with UFC. So Nurmagomedov. God bless you. So they're trying to say that uh, the the next fight that Connor's gonna right. fight in a week close. or two. You're close. I am close. <laughs> Nerv- we're, we're done here. I don't even remember what the hell I was trying to say, man. Y'all I know. Just, I, I said, you said Khabib, Kebab, you know, Hassan yeah. Pfeffer Incorporated. What, what were we going with oh, that? Oh, Shamil, Shamazel, or as they used to call it back in the day, scissoring. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thecheshire.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thecheshire.com. Nirmaga Madoff. God bless you. Correct. Okay. <laughs> you just got to probably get that checked out, man. If you got a Kamaka Madoff. Well, that sounds like, you know. Speaking of things that are hard to kill, let's talk about it. Man, impact. that bro, give me Kamaka Madoff, man. Let's talk about Oh, shit. You going to be all right? Yeah. Dude. You need a proof for that? It's like, brother. <laughs> you know it's like, yeah, brother. I had to clap seven times back in the 60s. They called it a standing ovation. So, speaking of hard to kill. And Impact Wrestling. They called it a leaky faucet. <laughs> oh, I put a Lambo on my wrist. I put a Lambo on my wrist. Drip, drip, drip on my wrist. Drip, drip, drip. How about that? Huh? Yeah, that's one way. And we were talking about white girls again. I'm just being. We're just talking about dripping. We're just talking about dripping. I thought. <laughs> Three title matches. Three. Just don't ask me how I know. Three title matches at Hard to Kill, highlighted by Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers, taking on none other than Rich Swan and the Motor City Machine Guns. J 
gentlemen, are are you? Can you see these nipples? Are you all excited? I, 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 Captain Kate, man, what are you talking about here, sir? I, I, I Captain Kate, man, that's how you sound right now. Wow. <laughs> Why don't you run down the card? No, no, please continue. Oh, oh, okay, just, just checking. <laughs> what you, uh, you, you pulling your dick out on the table on me, sir? Is that what that was? No. He just did. He just big dicked in the locker room. Do you right there? He's just like, hey, he's like, oh, excuse me, <laughs> excuse me, and it's cold. Did you have something to say? <laughs> hey, Miz, you can change in the hallway. <laughs> Hey, Andrew, Mr. Impact himself, uh, right there on thechairshot.com, what are, your, what are your thoughts on the hard-to-kill pay-per-view, considering Chris has no interest in the pay-per-view, just ripping on me? Oh, no, Chris probably has a decent amount of interest in the pay-per-view. Oh, but I think yeah, he's more interested in ripping on me, though. I mean, okay, let me be true simultaneously. <laughs> yes, I knew it. <laughs> They're not mutually exclusive. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of two things being true simultaneously, I think low-key, we're all very, very excited for the first match that always sticks out to me, and that's Ethan Page versus the Karate Man. This is going to be a marvelous, cinematic, fucking idiotic, or like just idiotic idiocracy of just, I don't know what to expect. Ethan Page is entertaining. And he's he's fucking great. Like following his Twitter is a wonderful thing, but the fact that he's taking it to that next level, where he's fighting himself just to prove that Ethan Page is not the Karate Man, it's it's so psychotic. It sounds amazing. What do you think? That's great. But let's get to my girls, and you know what I'm talking he, about. Let's get to my wow. girls. I wanted wow. more talk about the Karate Man. I wanted to talk about that too. <laughs> Okay, fine. Well, okay, okay, fine. Let's, no, no, no. Let's, okay, okay. Let's talk about the Karate Man. Okay, wait, 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 wait. That's that's enough now. <laughs> no, no, no. no Mel Farmer going by itself. Much. It's going to sound entertaining. It's going to give Jim Cornette a massive coronary. But I, I can see how that can be entertaining. Go ahead. Say it. Say it, Tony. You want to say it? Do it. This is way too much Karate Man talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, Fuck you wanted Jim to talk Cornette. about your girls, right? So uh, I know you're really excited for the Diana Parazzo versus Taya Valkyrie match, right? For the Knockouts Championship, that's what you're looking forward to. It's that match, because you know you you love bitches from New Jersey. That's what it is, right? No, 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 no. Hmm, it's not that one. No, legit though. How do you think that match is gonna be? No. A thousand times no. Stop with your a thousand times no, because uh, Diana's good. She is fantastic. So that's I, probably I, gonna be a match, right? I love Taya, and I think that you should put the belt back on her. I don't think they will because you know Diaza, Diana is their hot new toy that they're playing with right now. But I love Taya. I know who he's getting. Well, that one's my favorite. He likes the other one of the tag yeah. team. Yeah. Yeah. So we could tag team the tag team is what you're saying. <laughs> I'm not saying any of that. I'm in a committed relationship. I love my woman. Right, and and remember, 
I said this, Chris did not, so it's my fault. I just ran with the thought. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I am a one-woman man, sir, and fuck you for suggesting otherwise. Okay, so since, since we're on that, we, uh, we'll we talk about what we want to talk about. you're on that. I wish I was, but since anyway. Um, but yeah, Tyus <laughs> win that, Deanna is going to win that, but it, it does have the opportunity to be a, a really fun match, because I, I love me some Ty. I think she's really talented in the ring, and she's got a real unique look. She's like a more attractive Nicole Bass, or a more attractive uh, uh, Lila Rashad. Not Lila Rashad, Jesus Christ. Uh, Luna Vasha. <laughs> can I can I ask a question? Are are there less attractive Nicole Basses? <laughs> yes, they're called Diamond Dallas Page and T.L. Hopper. I think we yeah. have a. I think I, I can't say that, man, because she transitioned. I shouldn't yeah. say that. My my apologies to Nicole Bass and her family. Oh, man. We can't use right, that as a title then. That was a great title. I think she would have liked it. More attractive Nicole Bass. <laughs> oh, I was asking if they're less attractive. Yeah. I brought up DDP and TL Hopper, but well, now yeah. I feel bad because I forgot she transitioned, man. I, I, I feel mean, bad. Thanks a lot. Let, let's be serious. I think that the, gorgeous the, woman, alternative haircut or not, and it's like she's. She had her own weight struggles with like a thyroid issue or whatever, but like she really looks good. She's like the thickness in all the right spots. She's a great wrestler on top of it, and you know I'm um I'm a little jealous of a uh, good old Johnny Nitro, John Morrison. Not gonna lie, because uh, Ty Ty is definitely a dime piece, and I think she's just not winning because I don't think she's staying in Impact much longer because I think her contract is up. And so you uh, do you think she's joining her husband in the E? Is that what you're alluding to? Yes, NXT probably because her name doesn't carry like Morrison. But yeah, well, a lot of good his name did him, right? I mean, he's still like in pretty high, higher enough card matches. Ooh, and Mo- Ooh Morrison he's on TV. Morrison's in a great spot. Yeah. Are you he's, kidding me? He's, he's like, on TV every single week. Not- Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fair. If that's our if that's our metric, that's fair. Okay, well, you're right. I mean, he is come on, on TV no. every single week. I mean, right. That makes relevant right. if he's on no, TV you're, you're, every week. No, both both of y'all are right, man. I'm not okay. going to argue that. So you're not only right. that, yeah, not only is right. he on TV every week, he's on Fox every week. So he's on network television every single week. He's in a, actually he is he's in a, on US, he's on USA every week. They switch brands, sir. So oh, that's right. I you, forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, so, so he was playing. He Andrew, was. Please continue. You, ah, fuck, I'm out. Thanks for playing. Thanks for playing. He was on Fox. And then, yeah, I get you. Yeah, I'm you, out. You were doing God damn it. It's fine. You you were doing screw you guys. That, screw right? you guys yeah. in this recording schedule, okay? Screw you guys. <laughs> All right. So, okay, we'll, we'll get to the match that you want to talk about. And that's Havoc and Nevaeh versus Fire and Flavor. You know, Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles who, if you haven't followed the show at all, ever, and this is your first show, yeah, Kira's my girl, but, you know, a very big fan of the Boricua Badass, Taya, uh, Tasha Steeles. Don't they have to win would this? You, would you, Chris, would you say Tasha steals your heart? 
<laughs> no, I would not say that because I'm in a committed relationship and fuck you very much, Tony. But don't you think that they have to win this match? Just the the push that they've gotten in Impact the last what six months since they've come together. Don't it, I mean? Isn't this a perfect slot for them at this particular point in time? Don't you yeah, think? Yeah, yeah. I just feel the slot this morning. <laughs> what did you just say? What? I don't know. That's like Mushmouth Dusty Rhodes right there. Like Dusty when he had to I, I was drink. thinking, I was I thinking Leon Phelps. Mushmouth Leon Shout Phelps. out to the ladies, there, man. Yeah. yeah, that sounds good. I just feel the slot this morning. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, it kind of is, yeah. In the same respect, though, like, what are they going to do to beat Havoc and Nevaeh? Because Nevaeh and Havoc outsized them a lot. And Tasha and Kira are kind of the really talkative, you know, cocky heels. Yappy who... chihuahuas. Yeah, talk... well, yeah, and that's exactly what Taya called them a couple weeks ago at <laughs> some point. But, like, that that's kind of their gimmick is that they're little, but they're feisty and they don't ever shut up. So they talk shit constantly. But, you know, they back it up more or less. They're fun. They're good looking. Like, they're decent in the ring. How do you beat Nevaeh, who is, you know, the normal of the two, but she's still a taller woman, and then Havoc is a fucking beast of a woman, in, in a nice way. Like, I'm not saying that negatively, but, like, compared to the rest of the knockout, she's, like, the new awesome Kong, in a sense, for perspective reasons. So, how do we do this? Do we, like, try to just beat the shit out of Havoc before the match starts and you just double-team Nevaeh? That's not for me to answer, man. That's what Don Callis get paid How for. How do you see them winning if they have to win? How do you see them actually winning? Because I feel like this is going to be Havoc and Nevaeh winning, and then you're just going to have them chasing because they're entertaining with or without a belt, Tash, you know, Tasha and Kira. So they don't need a belt to stay fun. You know what I mean? Okay, or that's fair. Havoc but let me have kind of the belt to be relevant. Okay, that that's fair, but let me ask you this, because number one, we don't have a crowd, and we haven't had a crowd for some time in Impact. They come across as faces to me, but I'm biased for obvious reasons. Are they supposed to be faces, or are they supposed to be heels? I'm pretty sure Tasha and Kira are supposed to be heels, because they talk shit, they help each other, they win via chicken shit, you know, heel kind of dynamic. They're just very charismatic and very fun and it's they're hard to hate kind of heels because they're both very good looking and they're entertaining on the mic so it's 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 a hard sell to make me hate them you know what i mean so that's how they win if they're supposed to be the heels they'll do some heel shit heels always find a way okay that's fine i just i wasn't sure if you like you know invented this playlist answer in your head so that you're oh, like yes this oh. is how they not at all, and I'm clearly showing my bias here, but yeah, I, I have no idea. And like I said, I didn't even realize they were heels. They're faces in my book, but, you know, according to certain chair shop members, I'm a heel, so, you know, take that for what it's worth. Yeah, it's a fair point. I mean, I think we, we all fall into that category at some point. <laughs> we're all tweeners. We. <laughs> <laughs> it just depends on the podcast we go on if we're heel pretty or face. Much. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. And who we piss off what week. Exactly. Yeah. So, a uh, big match that got announced on Impact was Barbed Wire Massacre between Sammy Callahan and Eddie Edwards. So, 
ideally this will end their feud that kind of started a couple years ago when Sammy took out his eye with the baseball bat. It probably won't because this is Impact and they're one of the few that are actually kind of dialed in and staying constant talent. So we'll probably revisit this a little later. But if this had to put a pin in it for a little bit, where do you see it going? That baseball shot was the best thing that ever happened to Sammy Callahan because it put him over as a legitimate badass heel. You know what I mean? Which it's kind of hard for him to be a badass heel because he's shaped like a, 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 a what? Not a warlock. Was it a, a, a not a warlock? What you know what I'm thinking of? What what's the animal I'm thinking of, man? Troll. What is a the warlock's not an animal anyway? Troll. Troll? A walrus? No, not a walrus. A fucking uh, not a woodchuck, but something in that family. <laughs> a fucking uh, like sloth. Go first. Sloth. It, it's in that family. We're in the family. Keep Keeper. going. Keep going. We in that family. Hippopotamus. It, it begins. It begins with a W. War woodchuck. Whale. Not a woodchuck. Okay, go woodchuck. Maybe I was thinking Wolverine. I don't remember. I, it's a W animal. I'm not thinking of. But that reminds me of Sammy Callahan. But but he's good a on the wallaby. mic. Can I ask you guys a question? He, he's clearly not a wallaby, sir. What you, what is vicious about a wallaby? Okay. Do you see they're, any? They're comfortable. I, I like Rocco's Modern Life, didn't you? <laughs> Do you see any John Moxley Sammy Callahan interaction? Are you calling for a switchblade conspiracy on Hard to Kill? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I, I don't care about this match, man. Let's get to the main event. I, you know, I no? think Callahan. Where no, you don't want to. Andrew, you're not. I mean, Chris blew it off. Andrew, you're not still, interested in that at all. I mean, there's I, history. I see him interfering for Callahan, but I see him interfering in the main event if he interferes. How about vice I mean, versa down the road? I mean, to be fair though, they're both from yeah. Ohio, so maybe we could play that up. No, they have a well, ton of history. Former tag team ECW at the yeah. Switchblade conspiracy, which is why I made yeah. that joke earlier. Um, but yeah. I mean, th- th- they will get involved with one another, but if anybody gets involved, if Moxley gets involved with anyone, it's going to be the main event. And I-, I can't really see it going any other way. So you, you don't want to talk about the X Division match? Fine, let's talk about the X Division match. You can say no. Even Rohit Raju is like doing great work in Impact. I don't know how much of it you've seen. He says no, I- but he really means yes. The old school foreign heel. You no, know, you guys he didn't get that, that one. Kind of, huh? You didn't get that reference? No, no, I didn't. I, I, hey, Tony, how about you do this? How about you mute your microphone and then you talk? <laughs> Man, I got to tell you something. That was probably the worst way to approach that. <laughs> yeah, probably. But it was but, the funniest way I could think of it. So TJP under the manic hood again with the triple threat. Against uh, boy, he sure he sure caught a lot of shit lately, hasn't he? Every time he opens his mouth, it's not exactly the smartest words ever. I mean, I think a couple months ago he talked about you know he's never learned anything in a ring before with somebody else, like he's always been the best person in the ring, and he shared rings with like Liger and a bunch of other people, and he he just doesn't learn. So what's that say about him? That says that WWE missed the boat with him. They tried to turn him into this white meat baby face, and he came across corny as hell, and it didn't work for the launch of 205. He's a natural heel. 
They should have played. They should have steered into the skid. He's a natural heel. Rock with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. And he's got one of those punchable faces anyway. He does. Yeah. Well, I'm glad he's under a mask. At least it makes him marginally less punchable. Yeah, that's fair. But shout out to Chris Bay. You know I love Chris Bay. So that's really the only reason I wanted to bring it up because I know you got love for Bay and you were happy that he got his main event match a little bit ago. Yeah. So. That was the last Impact I watched, I believe. That was that the tag team match with uh, Bay and Willie Mack versus Moose and who was Moose's partner? I don't remember. Oh, was it Rich Homie Swan? No, they wouldn't have been tagging together. Or do I have that mixed up? Was it was it Willie Mack and and Rich Homie Swan versus Chris Bay and and Moose? Correct. I, Correct. The four of them were involved in some iteration. <laughs> it was a tag team match. Willie and Rich are like best friends in Impact. So if if oh. anybody was tagging, it would be those two together against okay, two cool. others. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yes. there we go. So that that's good. And fine, we'll get to the main event. Fine. So it's a uh, it's Good Brothers and Omega against Motor City Machine Guns and Rich Homie Swan. What where do you see this going? So I've been hearing the, these thoughts floating out there in the IWC that Omega is going to clean up and just win every non-WWE-related major title. Obviously, that's not going to happen in this match, but do you see something like that happening? Like he ends up winning the Impact title, maybe he goes and wins the MLW title, and maybe they can kind of patch up the things with New Japan, and he wins that side. Do you see that storyline playing out? I, I hope not. Because I'm just not here. What the fuck happened to Omega? Or is he just not shit in, if he doesn't have a, a, a Japanese dance partner? Is that what it is? Point. You hit it right out of the park. Yeah. O- Omega, Omega's shtick is hokey. It's corny. But it worked in Japan. Because their sense of humor is different. So when he would do the the over uh, the Kenny Olivier things that Cornette hates and you know it was flashy moves and poses it would get a reaction that was positive from the fans and they were entertained and that's kind of what they care about because it's a real sport to them but it's also entertainment so they were sports and entertaining stop it god damn it damn it Tony uh, anyway, any what the fuck was I even talking about? Oh yeah, Omega. I mean, how many Omega matches has anybody really talked about outside of Japan? Let, 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 let's just nip it in the bud right there. Like his DDT stuff. Everybody wants to talk about that after he got relevant in New Japan. When were people blowing that before? Well, touche, you touche. And it's funny because again, we're recording this on a Wednesday evening, and I saw. I was perusing social media, i.e. Twitter, just for a hot second this afternoon, and I saw somebody had put a tweet out talking about who has more drip than Kenny Omega right now. And by drip, they meant, you know, swag or whatever, like he's doing the damn thing. And I'm looking like, yo, the only only way this Melon Farmer got a drip and a callback to uh, earlier in the episode, the only way this Melon Farmer got a drip is if he went to one of them Japanese bathhouses and now it burns when he pees. That's the only way this melon farmer is going to have any sort of drip whatsoever. Like, he's corny. He's lame. I-, I thought he was a great wrestler, but again, if, if, apparently if he doesn't have a Japanese dance partner, that's that's debatable. It, it just is what it is. And I understand why they put the belt on him because he did have some cachet, but the dude is lame, man. If it wasn't for Don Callis, man, I'd basically say fuck that dude. The entertaining part, in a sense, 
and I don't even mean from his character. I mean more from the the reaction of the IWC. Is people think he's a draw when it's more he has a very loyal fan base, and that fan base is willing to move. That fan base is willing to migrate. So the eight hundred thousand views that you know AEW gets, he'll bring them to AEW uh, to Impact because that's kind of who wants to see him and who wants to see AEW stuff. So it's just, it's moving the same pieces around to make it seem like there's more. It's not really a draw when you're just pulling on the same 700, 800,000 people to just watch different things. It's good for him in a way because it keeps him relevant and it makes the number go up and it does help impact. So it does help his, I don't know, it helps the look that he's giving to everybody so it makes him seem like a bigger deal than he actually is but yeah Kenny Omega is decent uh, I'll, I'll say that he had some good matches when he was a junior in all Japan he did some decent matches in DDT everybody wants to talk about how PWG is the best wrestling but nobody talks about that outside of fucking California because nobody wants to fucking watch that nobody wants to fucking watch a Royal Rumble match or whatever fuck it is where everybody shoves their thumb up one another's ass that's not fucking funny it's fucking stupid and I don't give a fuck about Bola so fuck that thing anyway not the point the point I'm getting at though is just he's decent the match will be decent I think this is just an avenue to get one of the guns to pin one of the good brothers to legitimize their claim for the tag team titles since the good brothers won it in a four way after Shelly got hurt so it's just to add heat there maybe Omega and Swan get a match maybe Moxley interferes and it leads to a rematch with Moxley and Omega for whatever reason I don't know but I don't know I, I'm hoping this is not much longer especially because every time there's AEW involvement in Tim Impact they're always running them down they're always making them seem inferior or that their channel is lesser or that they're just stupid and it's like it it's too much at a certain point you know no, I feel that. And overall, I think it, it has the opportunity to be a entertaining match. Overall, this card, up and down the card, it looks like it could be an entertaining card. The only thing that it has against it is that it's going up against NFL playoff football. So good luck with that. And and my last note before we move on is shout out to Don Callis because this collaboration, I don't know how much it helps AEW, but it sure as hell helps Impact. So shout out to Don Callis for brokering this whole shit. All right, gentlemen, I'm going to give you an option. You can go with already established topic number five, or you can talk about the James Harden trade. Your call. Andrew, do you really have any thoughts about the James Harden trade? I'm aware of what happened. I'm aware that James Harden was 
you know, traded to the Nets for like, I don't know, like half of their soul, their first four born children, like, and then they traded through the Pacers and Oladipo went somewhere. Then it's, it's like convoluted, like lo- long division. And then there was a trade and then somebody's on a different long team division. and somebody's not going to have, you know, I guess uh, draft picks for the next like 27 years. I, d- I don't know. You but literally shit, just at least, described at least the Nets every trade of the last 50 years. What are, what are you know. even saying right Which now? Which is sir? why I like football and why I like fucking hockey because it's like, yo, you want this guy? Give me that guy and maybe a pick. All right, we're good. It's not like I will trade you this 4th, 3rd, 7th, 8th, a conditional 19th, a 48th, 7th. Two years from now, I want to give you a second, a conditional thing, a compensatory 7th. Give me $4 million and I want the Browns left kicker. What? Well, okay, we'll do that. That's fine. That's what a fucking basketball trade looks like. And I'm like... You could have the Browns left kicker. That Melifarma sucks. <laughs> but still, like, does it look good for the Nets? Does it look good, though? Stop it. Does it look good for the Nets? Yes. I'm happy for the Nets because when they got Kyrie and when they got Durant, when Durant was injured, you were telling they were building something for now and not necessarily for the future, even though Durant and Kyrie aren't exactly old. But... When you bring in people like that, you need to put stars around them. You need to try to make a team that's competitive. And Harden will do that. Harden and Durant got good chemistry. They've got history. It should work itself out. Kyrie, if his head's on his shoulders, he's a good player too. So, like, two, three superstars, that, that'll be a team to contend with. So, good for the Nets. So, I'm on record of saying that I think it could work basketball-wise, the three of them together. It's ironic because these are three guys in the league that nobody else likes other than each other. <laughs> and I, I don't even know if Harden and Kyrie are, are friends, but I know I'm Harden. Just gonna and, I don't know if anybody likes Kyrie. Like I, well, I know Durant and Harden are cool. Yeah, and 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 Harden, or excuse me, and Durant and uh, Kyrie are cool as well because they they made an option because Kyrie wanted to go to the Knicks and Harden was the one that suggested the Nets and that's how they were able to land both of them because they're they're friends. I have no idea what's going on with Kyrie right now, so I'm not going to speculate on that. From a basketball standpoint, I really think this could work on offense. Because, I, you know, Durant is so efficient, man. He can get you 30 points off 10 shots, 10, 12 shots. He doesn't need that much. And every now and again, you just got to throw the ball to Kyrie and just let him go and do his thing. That's that's how LeBron made it work in Cleveland, and that's how they got to, what, three consecutive NBA finals and brought Cleveland a championship defensively that's going to be a little rough because neither Kyrie nor James are known for their defensive prowess and that's putting it lightly um ego wise right eh, i guess <laughs> <laughs> and, and and you know ego wise and 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 personality wise Steve Nash he that that man got his got his work cut out for him i i don't know if i think it could work but it's going to take some understanding. So somebody, somebody's going to have to be an adult in the room, and it's going to have to be Nash because he's the coach. So I'm interested to see how that works out, and I'm interested to see when Kyrie gets back. But this is fascinating on a lot of levels because James has obviously wanted to get out of Houston, and he did everything he could to make sure he got out of Houston, and it worked out for him. So we'll see what happens. Uh, PC, as a as a Bucks fan, man, on a scale of one to whatever, how worried are you about this uh, triumphant? Mm, closer to one than whatever. 
And I'm looking at the Cavs because they're in this shit too, man. And we'll get back to what you said, but they gave up their first round pick next year. So they just think they're going to be in the playoffs this year. Because if you don't do that, you don't make that trade if you don't think you're going to be a playoff team this year. Because why would you give up a lottery pick? And Dan Gilbert, sell the fucking team, man. <laughs> fucking team. But so, so you're not worried about the Nets at all being that your team is in the East, Tony? No. Okay. Well. Okay, so okay, since that that didn't really go anywhere, how do you think this is going to work out for the Rockets? Because they they got like a whole bushel of picks and God knows what. Because I haven't even parsed through all of it because it happened shortly before we started recording. And I like to drink instead of read before we record, <laughs> so I didn't do a lot of reading. So like, you, you do you think try, this is going to work out? You should try drinking and reading, man. It's uh, you know. It's very I read good for the you. back of the bottle. Does that count, or this is this a can? <laughs> no, a can? Not that fucking bottle. God damn! <laughs> That's just gonna say battery acid and and low self esteem. Those are the ingredients. <laughs> okay, well I can check half of those boxes at least. So that's good. <laughs> you know, so I I gotta be honest. I I feel as if the Rockets they did probably the best that they possibly could have done out of this situation. Number one, they were able to get rid of of. Russell Westbrook and they got John Wall back. Granted, you know, he's been off injured the last couple of years, but if you can get him healthy, that's a top tier point guard. And James Harden had a short list of teams that he wanted to go to. Mainly, he wanted to go to Brooklyn. And not only were they able to get Victor Olodipo in the trade, who is a, a who's been a perennial all star the last couple of years, they've got a hell of a lot of picks left. Or they they got a hell of a lot of picks out of the deal. So I think this was probably the best they could have hoped for. All things being considered, I think they did well. I you know, I, I can't really mm-hmm. fault them for this. They got an all star in return, they got a boatload of picks from some shitty teams. So I, I think they did well. So now we've got a backcourt of John Wall and Oladipo. Now you're asking a lot for them to be healthy. But again, man, you're hoping some of those picks pan out as well. But I yeah. This is the best that they possibly could have hoped for. And I know I keep saying it, but I just want to reiterate it. I don't know what else they really could have done. Like, Harden kind of forced their hand here. And I don't know how better they could have done with their haul. I think they did. They probably came out better than anybody. You know, assuming that Brooklyn doesn't win the title. I think the Rockets probably come out this whole deal better than anybody else. Just oh, on that, paper. Yeah, that that. No, I get that, and that makes a lot of sense because you you understand those convoluted trades well much more than I do because I'm just not used to looking at like you know calculus to figure out who gets what half the time. <laughs> um, since since NBA is one of my more peripheral sports, because if the Bulls haven't been good since the '90s, so I haven't really had a huge reason to care. Yes, they had a couple spurts with Noah and and Rose. Let's not talk about that. But generally speaking, they haven't been good in about you know. 25 years nah a little less than that but anyway i've been drinking math is hard um clay thompson what's what's the the deal with him because i see like the the warriors are doing all right and then i know he was injured the previous season because he got injured in the the championship game is he still rehabbing or what's up with that because i don't keep my pulse on a lot of the nba stuff as you can see he re-injured himself and I and Tony, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he hurt the other leg this time, was it? Wasn't it? Okay, Tony doesn't know, but he re-injured himself during rehab, so I'd be shocked if he came back this year. Oh, to be fuck. Honest. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's all bad on that front. Yeah, 
Oh, I got you. Because I, I was seeing some of the stuff where, like, what, uh, Curry put up, like, 60 points, and he was actually kind of going off a little bit this beginning of the year, and there's still, like, a 500 team right now. And then I kind of kind of searched through a couple of things. I'm like, why isn't Thompson back? Like, I, I wasn't really up on the injury during rehab, so I didn't know he wasn't slated to be back this year. Okay, that's good, because I, I figured the Warriors would have been a threat this year because they would have had most of their good pieces back. And I think they'll make the playoffs this year. Curry is starting to round himself back into shape. They still have Draymond Green, and they drafted a, a young brother by the name of James Wiseman. He's about, I think he's seven foot, you know, five-skilled player. But, you know, it's funny, man, uh, these rookies coming into the league, man, with the exception of LaMelo Ball, who's been overseas playing, and he's been balling out this year so far. You know, these guys, they were put in a weird position because – I mean, shit, man, when's the last time that college basketball was played? What, March? And then Wiseman, he went to Memphis, and then there was a lot of goofy shit that went on with his regarding his eligibility in Memphis. So he only played, like, maybe two or three games last season, but he was widely considered the top prospect coming out of high school that last year. So his freshman year got sh cut short after, like, two or three games in Memphis. So this melon farmer hasn't played organized basketball in over a year so you know he's got to get his sea legs under him and he's got to adjust to the nba schedule and the nba you know the 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 game the nba game so he's got an opportunity to be a special player and i still think he has an opportunity to be an impact player this season it's just going to take him a while to get his sea legs up under him i think when it is all said and done golden state will probably be fighting for that what eighth seventh eighth seed in the playoffs Let's compare and contrast a little since we are going to be talking about it when we do our thing on Saturday. And, you know, there, there's a bunch of a bunch of talk that goes when you get to a uh, bye week or resting things. Um, do you think that's going to help Wiseman at all? The fact that he wasn't playing or is it really just a rhythm thing with basketball? Because the hardwood floor, all that, that does put pressure on the legs, puts a lot of impact on the legs. So you think any of that downtime is going to help him in the long run once he gets in rhythm this year in maybe say 10 15 more games something like that hard will be fine because he got what he wanted he wanted to go to brooklyn so he's probably gonna mess around and lose about 10 15 pounds i wouldn't be surprised if he shaved the beard down a little bit cut the hair you know new new team new me side of the game you know what i mean so I think he's going to be motivated and, and want to prove that he's still, you know, a top five player in this league. So I, I don't worry about Harden at all. I worry about Kyrie because I don't know what where he's at mentally. I don't know where his headspace is at. I don't worry about Harden. I don't worry about Durant. Kyrie seems to be kind of the wild card here. What about the young guys like Wiseman and LaMelo? Like you were talking where they still oh. had a lot of time off. You, you I, I thought I don't know why you said Wiseman and I thought you said Harden. I apologize. It's going to take some time for Wiseman because, I mean, it's weird. It's hard. You haven't played organized basketball in over a year, and then you find yourself at the highest level of organized basketball. So it's going to take you a while to get acclimated. LaMelo, he's come out early, and he's been balling. Mm -hmm. but he was, he's been overseas for the past couple of years, though, playing against grown-ass men. Oh, yeah, so I remember understand. that part. Yeah, so he understands what it's like to be a professional. So he's coming into this league. He's kind of got a head up. Uh, you know, other over all these other rookies. So I, I don't worry about him at all. But so uh, why do you think the time off is going to help you? They're going to actually hurt because of rhythm and just getting used to everything, getting used to schemes and playing again? Yes. 
because as much basketball as you play, you can play pickup and whatnot, man. There's no substitute for organized basketball, especially at the highest level. And you're you're trying to figure all of that out. So yeah, that's yeah, that's gonna take some time. Cool. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about basketball or hockey or whatever, man? Before we get <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm I'm good. Like you know, th- this is nice to change it up a little bit, but I think I think we've gone on a little bit long enough so let's uh let's call it a night here so mr platt where can the good people find you hey you guys can find me on twitter at the real c platt but more importantly than that make sure you go to pro forward slash the chair shot i say it day in and day out but if you appreciate the content that we provide day in and day out here at the chair shot the best way to make sure we keep providing that content is by going to pro forward slash the chair shot and showing a little love to your favorite website. Please and thank you, thank you, and please, thechairshot.com. We're not just a website, we're a movement. Mr. Belaz, where can they find you, sir? You can find me on the Twitter at IWC Warchief and on thechairshot.com covering Impact. I'll be covering Hard to Kill, New Japan shows, probably not the Road 2s, but definitely the, the New Beginning stuff at the end of the month, and a lot of just non-AEW, non-WWE. I like the more obscure stuff, what can I say? You don't say. <laughs> Mr. Tunney, where can everybody find you? You can find me tomorrow morning on Chairshot Radio and at PC Tunney. Well, there you go. Hey, folks. I know it's a lot going on right now in the world. God damn. Enjoy Hard to Kill this weekend. Enjoy, uh, I can't say wild card. Enjoy NFL playoffs this weekend. If you get a chance, watch some basketball. I think hockey's going to be back in a minute. Just find something that brings you joy. Shit. That's all I'm trying to say. Just find some joy in your life, okay? For the Commissioner PC Tunney, for Mr. Andrew Belaz, I am Mr. Velvet Pies, Christopher Platt. Thank you all for tuning in to the latest edition of Pod is War. Until next time, we'll see you back here at St. Platt Time, St. Platt Channel. Until then, shalom. Hit it, Carly. We out, y'all. Ah! Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.